Welcome to the trials and tribulations of a 40-something. My name is Amanda and my main goal with this podcast is to share other people's journey. How they faced challenges and struggles but yet turned their lives around. If this can give another person a sense of hope that they can do the same and move forward in a positive way, well then I am fulfilling my goal. In today's episode I am joined by Patricia Breslin. Patricia, like most, has had her fair share of struggles and challenges, but she has refused to allow her past to define her future. Her first marriage was one of mental torture and domestic violence, and she ended up using drink as a crutch. Then her second marriage also resulted in physical violence. She knew deep down the relationship wasn't right, but at the time she just wanted to be loved and felt that as a single mum, her choices were limited. Patricia was having suicidal thoughts and knew something had to change. So she started the journey to become sober and the struggles that have come with that. After falling off the wagon a few times, she is now sober three years and no longer has any desire to drink. She is currently studying rapid transformational therapy and is helping others with their addictions after her own experience. She continues to build bridges with her kids, but knows it will take time but she will get there and her future is looking pretty damn good. Good evening, Patricia. Good evening. Do you see me yet? (laughs) What's happening? Can you hear me okay, my dear? I can hear you, yeah. Happy days, happy days. You got to love technology. Hey. You got to love technology. I'm not the best at technology, to be honest with you. Well, here, you're in good company then, Patricia, because it wouldn't be my best friend, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so first, oh. things first, thank you so much uh, for joining me on the Trials and Tribulations of a 40-something. No problem. Glad to be here. You are so good and so kind to take time out to have a wee chat, a wee catch-up. Um, and... Uh, but like I said, all the other guests that I've spoke to is that the idea behind this podcast is um, that very few people get through life without some kind of struggle or challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whenever uh, they hear an episode on here, somebody talking about their particular journey or what struggles they faced and how they have turned their life around in a positive way. Okay. If, if that person's currently struggling, um, it gives them a wee sense of hope that they can possibly yeah. do the same and that there's light at the end of the tunnel. But Patricia Breslin, uh, hairdresser, mom of six. Oh my, well, that in its own, mom of six is, <laughs> Jesus, I have three and half the time I don't know which end of me's up. So Mines are, mine's are all up and away. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> you've done the hard bit. I, my butt done, yeah. Your bit done. And I see as well, you're studying RTT therapy. Yeah, I'm halfway through that now and hopefully be qualified now in September. Wow. Now, enlighten me as to what RTT therapy is. Well, RTT is a form of hypnosis. Okay. Um, okay. It's It gets to the root cause of your subconscious mind. For example, if somebody for, for addictions, you no, know, there's always a problem behind that solution. Mm-hmm. so you get hypnotized but it's a natural state of hypnosis it's nothing to do with sleeping or you no know, people think they go no um they hear 
on stage and stuff, it is nothing at all like that. It's you, you're you'd be suggestible and your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind goes back to scenes to get the root cause of why and how that you have experienced your the root cause and where it's leading you to your real life today and so then we can change that wow fascinating um now i did say on um one of your posts there that you're celebrating a a milestone three years sober yeah just over three Um, years there in april yeah so that is amazing so if you want to just tell me a wee bit about as I said at the beginning, how very few people get through life without some kind of struggle. So I imagine that was a very difficult time. Yeah. Um, well, when I was growing up, um, I thought I had a happy childhood, but um, I was very introvert and very quiet. Mm-hmm. And I, I I started drinking when I was 16, but never thought, you know, it was a problem. It was just socially and, and things like that. And then um, I was in and out of a relationship and then I got married when I was 21. Mm-hmm. And I didn't drink to excess. I, I drank a, a bit of excess before I got married um, because of the, the relationship broke down. And, of course, I used the drink day for comfort. Okay. And um, so then when I got married, I had five children to the first husband. Uh-huh. And it was just near the end, and that was I was on a mental torture, domestic violence uh, marriage. Okay. Um, I was just mentally tortured the whole way through, and near the end, um, I used the drink as a crutch. Um, before I left him, and then I did up and leave, and went down to the refuge before out of my five children, and my drinking continued. Then and got housed, and then I fell in with another, my second husband. Um, when I look back on it now, I thought, who's going to take me with five children? Yeah. So I just grabbed <laughs> the person that, that I thought that was, would take me and my five children on, but uh, he was a big drinker, and my drinking increased then and I'm not proud to say but my children were left by the wayside Um, I still went to work and was very functional mm-hmm. but um, I realized then I was his drinking partner oh, we got married eventually and I wasn't his wife I was I was a drinking partner right, okay. and that led to uh, physical violence and that marriage so um and it, it, is, it is a selfish addiction as well. Um, you know, I'm making amends to my children now today, but um, I'm not pr- very proud of it, but I can't change what happened years ago. I can only make amends now and, yeah. come out, and I've come out the other side. But also after that marriage broke down, I still went on a couple of relationships, but it was just drinking relationships. And I knew deep down, this is not what I wanted in my life. Um, and then I was left on my own and I drunk the weekends to get over the weekends. To, it was my best friend then, the drink, yeah. because my children was all up and away. And my youngest daughter, she was still at home, but she was starting to want to leave and go to my daughters. And um, I just felt my, worth, my life wasn't worth loving and I felt suicidal. 
and I thought the children would be better off without me. But um, I had a friend in AA and I reached out to him. I went to the doctors and I started, he took me to my first AA meeting. Um, at that, I had was sober for four months. I relapsed. I was sober seven months. I relapsed. Sober again for four months and relapsed. And then now, over three years now, I'm totally sober. Wow. Because, yeah, it's difficult. But you think yeah. when you're off the drink, you think your life is just going to be so wonderful. But you have to realize that you're numbing your whole life with pain. And then when you're sober, you're loving reality, sober. And I get very depressed after me and sobriety, first yeah. start of sobriety. And it's just having to learn to love without that drink. Um, I have to say, thank God, the obsession for my drinking has gone. And I don't even think about drinking anymore. It's to me, my sobriety is just my lifestyle now. This is my life. And, um, and I never thought I could even see myself without a drink. You because know, I used to get counseling from Woodley House and I used to say, how am I going to love without a drink? You know, but as I say, I don't think about it anymore. And I'm just so amazed and so proud that I'm out of it. And, I, you know, and I, this is what I want to do you now. I want to help other people that are going through something similar and find it difficult to, to get sobriety or any addiction. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be drink or drugs. It can be, there's there's loads, there's sex addiction, gambling, um, shopping addiction. There's loads yeah. of addictions out there. You know, exercise is addiction as well, yeah. but it's a good addiction. So, um, and even with SRTT therapy, I'm, I'm learning so much about how our mind works and how you know, our life um, unfolds through life. Um, I've got so much meaning and understanding of life and how people are the way they are, you know. And I just, I'm just, you no, know, I just love it so much, and I'm just memorized by it all, and just find it all so fascinating. And, and here, Patricia, you see, like, obviously, right, going back to um, whenever you started, do you know the way, like, we all would take a, a drink, a sociable drink, think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. At what stage did you realize that? Oh, hold on a wee second. Fuck, this is um, this is not like. Were you were you hiding the fact that you were drinking, or were you quite open about drinking? Or, um, well, at the start, I wasn't. I didn't think I had a problem, and I'd say it was when I left my first marriage and used drinking for a coping skill, coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. That's when I. Because I never, and if I took a drink in my marriage, I just had a drink at the weekend, so it wasn't wasn't a problem through that marriage. Uh, it was just when I knew my marriage was ending and I couldn't cope anymore that I turned to drink to mm-hmm. for a crutch. And then, as I say, I fell into the second husband, and it was just drink. But I, if I been honest with myself, deep down, I knew this that wasn't the life that I wanted. Yeah. Um. But I just crave for somebody to love me. Yeah. And um. And I just didn't want to be a male. I didn't. And want was there to... kind of an element of fear that, as you said, like whenever like a separated mom with five kids, it was a case of, oh fuck, I'm just going to grab on to the very first person who will show me any kind of attention. 
yeah rather than you know as you said you just didn't want to be on your own yeah yeah fear the fear of being on your own and as you, you say amanda it was you no know, uh my second husband just uh just had that attention with me and I, as you i did grab on it and and even deep down i knew it wasn't it wasn't right and um but like that i didn't want an old failed marriage i didn't want i didn't want to be alone um but now looking back i, I see my children suffered around that um yeah. second marriage a, a lot so they did a lot but um, when you think about it with your first marriage obviously you know your self-worth and self-esteem and all that there it sounds as if that was kind of you know shattered in a way yeah. and so you were highly vulnerable getting into the next relationship and mm-hmm. what you valued yourself like now the patrician now i would imagine would be going you can fuck off i am more than capable of looking after myself being by myself but you know you were at a a difficult stage of your life then yeah definitely yeah 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 um totally as you say i was so vulnerable and i, I was so needy i just wanted that just crave that love from another human being um, and I think I craved that love for a long time because I seen the way my father treated my mommy. He just idolized her, you know, and I seen the, the love and affection that the two of them had. And I just craved that love from another, another man that I wanted the same. Yeah, because um, that was your norm. That's what you grew yeah. up seeing. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it didn't, wasn't meant to be. And here... Um... I know, like as you say, you're making up for it with your kids now. Um, going through that, do you know, like when you're on, it is funny how it's probably ignorance on my part. You imagine when you think somebody who is uh, an alcoholic, it's the ones that maybe have are homeless, or you'll see them out in the streets yeah. or whatever. You don't, and I know now, like there's so many women who are struggling with drink and. Pro- particularly over the last year it has just fucking rocketed but um it like i say what do you imagine somebody who has a drink problem to be and or to have or to look like or whatever and the reality is is so different it can be anybody were you good at hiding it from everyone else well you see a lot of people didn't think that i had a drink problem um, because I went to counselling with a doctor too and I did mention my drinking and he never brought it up and I had a friend that was an A because I did a counselling degree and yeah. I approached her about my drinking and because her story was horrific she says to me she didn't think I had a problem but me deep down I knew I had yeah. and then if somebody planted the seeds they say that I didn't have a problem that just said oh well, to hell with I'll still drink and then. grand yeah 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 but if I'm, that's what I'm saying. The honesty was I knew deep down I had because my children were getting affected. And and, that, and I think that's what was the, the the tale and the whole thing was I didn't, that's one thing I wasn't, didn't want to lose my children. I was losing them one by one. And if that was the last draw, I either die or get myself sober because I just loved my children to bits and I didn't want to lose them. Yeah. And then was that like the, 
the final kind of right but no I can't I have to I have to make a change what but you know the way you said there yeah um we're sober for a number of months and then yeah. relapsed and then sober again what was it the last time that was where you remained right okay here we are now three years down the line that you have remained sober what was the change well, I was at home drinking one night and my friend was on the waterside and I drove over to her house with the drink in me and had a few drinks and I drove mm-hmm. home again. And I have no recollection of driving home again. I don't even know. And my car was just inches away from the wall. And I always mm-hmm. say somebody was looking at some, some. I always say I should be dead because um, somebody was looking after me that night. And it, it really scared me. But the, the drinking too, I would get very depressed and very low self-worth and disgusted yeah. with myself and hate myself and all them emotions of feeling that feeling. And and you, and you just didn't, I just didn't want to love anymore. That's how low I was. And I just knew I had to do something about it. And you did. And I here did. you are. That it is, But it just shows you that, you know, if you have enough grit and determination within yourself like even after everything that you had come through you still you know I would talk about you just you dug deep and you find that resilience within yourself to to not give up yeah but I also feel now even learning what I'm learning you know I I can understand why the relapses happen because I feel if you really want to give up addiction you have to really really get help first and really you have to get to know yourself again okay. and you have to you have to really look at yourself you just can't get up and go on normal life because I feel that's when you relapse I think once you start doing the work on yourself and get to know yourself better having yourself worth and loving yourself that's when mm-hmm. the real change happens and the real sobriety comes under it you know you I've just become a different person now I, and like do you know what it's funny, like different ones that I've talked to over the years. Um, when it comes to loving yourself and looking after yourself, particularly as a white as well, a mummy um, and mm-hmm. a woman, putting yourself first and making sure that you fulfil whatever needs that you have and to value yourself. There was always that kind of stigma of, oh, no, it's selfish. You can't. As a mummy, you have to be. It's you put yeah. yourself to the bottom of the pile and that's so wrong you need to put yeah. yourself pretty much at the top of the pile so everyone else can benefit yeah. from a happy and fulfilled mummy yeah well that's what they say you know if your the mummy's not right it goes then the ripple effect through the rest of the family but that's one thing about me Amanda I'm always I'm under self-care if my body tells me to slow down I slow down um I'm totally and they looking after myself my children know that they've been called selfish but hey I, I don't care, <laughs> but they know, yeah. And, you yeah. know, they do know, and they know, no, it was hard for them too, because I changed too, especially with the young, young Chelsea was still living at home with me, and she got away with murder in my drinking, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and no, she knew how to, she, she knew how to coax me and different things, Yeah. but when I got sober then, she got a wee bit, what we call it, um, defensive, a few yeah. times because she didn't get what she wanted but she had to adapt there's a good few arguments but I wouldn't give in so she, she learned she had to learn the the new mommy and what she, she but she's glad she has the new mommy back you know obviously 
yeah because the, the new mommy is is happier so yeah in itself and here your other kids do they would you ever like sit down and chat about what happened or is it a case of right okay that's done now we're moving forward no i have one daughter i mean her are very close and we mm-hmm. have chatted i can chat we chat a lot and the youngest daughter i'm very close to her i've chatted to her but that's the only two i've made amends with yet i i i have to make amends with all our four yeah um i know it's going to be tough um but but i i just I've, even before i do my rtt therapy now and when i finish my accreditation i i want to have this done over the next few months with the rest of them um, I might do a family gathering, I don't know, or do them one-to-one because I know a few of them is, is going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. Because the relationship I have with my eldest son, he stayed with his father and um, when I left and he, there was a just total breakdown of communication between me and, me and him for 12 years and um, that's um, it's, still, it's still not great. He speaks yeah. and I can go down and see the, the grandchildren all, but I, st- I still need to have that conversation with them. And mm-hmm. I, I will have that conversation with them. Yeah, and I suppose, like, you know, you obviously, now where you are today, completely understand why they may be feeling the way that they're feeling. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I even says to the daughter that I'm close to, um, she was talking how you know things that happened when I was drinking, and I said, "Her look, if she you need to roar at me, shout at me, or do whatever you need to do to me, um, do it because if yeah. that if that helps you and your anger, you no, know, it has to come out." But she turned around, she says, "But she doesn't want to hurt me." So oh. <laughs> I felt I came away feeling like a bad mother that day. Let me tell you. But, you know, we're very, very open and I would be very open with my children now because I've learned so much about myself and about just life in general. And my life's a lot better today. So and I never had that close bond with my mum, my own mum. So um, I really, really, really am close with my children, except for the oldest boy. But that's still to be worked on. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Um, But you see, do the way they talk about... um the first what seven years of your life is whenever everything is caught I'm just going back to the RTT therapy yeah. here that it's what is put into your subconscious day and mm-hmm. kind of forms the adult that you become yeah is there still um you know say for example like your first marriage how mm-hmm. that ended it does that can that what am, what am I trying to say Trisha? can that um kick start you know whether it's a a drink problem whether it's self-loathing whatever it may be even though you didn't have anything really traumatic in those first seven years like can you still as an adult can something happen that can cause yeah well I'm I'm not afraid I'm quite open about this too and when I was 10 I was abused so I can identify totally and even because my mother and father know um I can't even said to me was, was my father bad to me and I says no and I was 35 36 years of age when I was going through counseling and she picked up that somebody was bad to me and I told her and that's the first time in my life I ever told anybody mm-hmm. and so I held all that I never thought that that had anything to do with my life until then up until then I never knew the damage that abuse had 
done to me all through my years. It was buried so deep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus. So whenever you got to to speak about it, Mm -hmm. did did that help with the overcoming the addiction or did that just fucking put you down into a downward spiral? Um, well, well, I, I was kind of shocked when it did come out, but mm-hmm. um, I'm glad it did come out. But it, it, it took me, no, I still carried on drinking because um, I still didn't, I don't think it's really hit me at all now doing the RTT therapy, that this, the real cause of my whole life, I can understand no went on the abusive relations, relationships and you know why um, I still have this thing in my head and men want me for sex okay. and yeah. I still have that in my head but um, I, I have a better understanding of, of how my life has, has happened and I'm fine with it because at the end of the day I wouldn't be standing here without it, you know, I always say they were my teachers yeah. You know, although it was hard and it's been tough and all, but there's there's a lot that I have to be grateful for too. You know, six beautiful children, um, and I've and I was able to come out of everything and come out the other side. And it's been a long time to come out the other side, but I just feel I've been growing anyway over the years because I've always done a lot of courses. Uh-huh. But even though I was still drinking, I was I always thought I was on a journey from I left my first marriage right up until now anyway. But it's. It's taken so me a long were you, time. Were you able to like function, like continue still working and all that there even? Yeah. While, wow. Yeah, I was able to still get up for work in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeez. And that's why people think then, but then I, at the end I became a house drinker. Okay. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to go out because I had an incident that I was out one night and ended up in hospital, didn't know where I was. So, um, so I just became a house drinker near the end and totally isolated myself from which that's uh, that's a, a, a great scenario but that's what people do isolate themselves um, as I say the, the, the bottle was my friend my friends I didn't have many then they didn't want to know me my family mm-hmm. wouldn't ask me to advance or anything and the children they just stayed away and so the bottle was my best friend Jesus like that must have been, like, you see, whenever you, where you are again, where you are today, looking back on Patricia three years ago, five years ago, six years ago, when you yeah. think of the woman that you were then, mm-hmm. like, your heart would break because you obviously were just such a lost, lonely, sad yeah. person. I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Aye. And then I can understand why I was always depressed as well because I was so sad and lonely. And I, I was great. I always always had a mask on, you know, because ever nobody realised how how hurt I was even when my first marriage broke down. You know, because I always kept the outside. I was always kept yeah. myself well presented, well dressed, and I let nobody in to know what I was going through. So yeah. I didn't behind closed doors and you know what and that's the thing like you see from social media and all that kind of stuff like people have this false illusion that everyone else's life is fucking idyllic and everyone else is just living an amazing life but nobody knows what is going on behind closed doors no 
no, 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 nobody, not nobody. But funny when I used to go up and visit my mum, and she passed away last year, oh. and um, she near the end when I when I says I was leaving. Uh, the marriage she even says to me she knew already because I used to go up the house and I would look at the clock because I was always timed of what time I had to be back down home for okay. and she she always says to me you always looked at the clock and she knew but she says my mommy would never interfere in anybody's marriage yeah so she says she always waited for me to come to her so they knew yeah and yeah sometimes I even remember because uh, I separated what two and a half years ago and I, a friend of mine, I met. It was maybe three, four months. It could have been even more after. It. And I, I seen her out one time, and she said, "I think she'd just heard." And she's well, Amanda. To be honest with you, I'm not surprised. But mm-hmm. over the years, I think you were trying to tell us, but no right. one would really listening, or no yeah. one would be listening. And mm-hmm. even though it was sort of saying it in like a jokey way or whatever, and I was going like even when she said that back to me I was going fuck yeah I was trying to tell people but no yeah. one really was paying much attention <laughs> yeah uh-huh exactly but but near the end then I just started telling people and I didn't care because we went to relate but it was my last hurdle because I says mm-hmm. I was leaving and he decided to go relate with me but the counselor even had to stop the session because we weren't getting anywhere and yeah. That was September, and she asked me what was I doing. I said my marriage is over, and I left in January. Then and it was over. I says it was over in September, and I left. And tell you, never. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. And here, would you say that you had like emotionally and mentally left long before you physically left? Definitely, yeah. Because I had no emotion for him. I slept downstairs and he slept upstairs. Yeah. He had the bedroom where I slept downstairs. But um, no, definitely I was... They, they do say, because I went through Women's Aid as well and done courses through them, but they do say some people, you know, leave the, leave the mark home, come back. They say so, so many times you leave before you really leave. But mm-hmm. I felt I left emotionally and physically in the home. Mm-hmm. myself um so then when I left I, I never went back yeah I was the same and you know what I have said as well it's like it's just like this sort of like instant well not an instant moment it's not that you sort of fucking just think of it on a whim but I was the same in that I physically no I mentally and emotionally had left a long time before I physically did so whenever yeah. I had made that right I'm done I'm actually yeah. I'm done like I knew in my heart of hearts once I walk out this door I will never be back yeah and, you know two and a half years later I have never questioned it I have never and mm. you, you know like you, especially when there's kids involved you know the way people yeah. always oh, stay together for the kids stay together for the kids yeah. I felt that that was probably going to do more long-term damage of course than, it was. you know yeah. it's better to have two parents separate true that are reasonably happy than together and freaking being miserable and toxic and all that there um i know there is a part of me sometimes like you, you don't know what effect it's going to have on the kids until they're well i suppose mine are what almost 20 18 and 13 so yeah. you know they were old enough um yeah. 
And all I can do is look at them and see that, okay, they seem to be doing okay. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose yeah. like yourself, they see a happy mummy. So, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And that they, as they get older too, they're, you know, they, they do know deep down. They do know. Um, you know, because even my, my daughter even says, would say to me, how did you stick with Ali? You know, because they, because he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. <laughs> he's still, and he, he'll never speak to me. He's never spoke to me and never will. You know, even Christmas, weddings, you know, never broke breath. But at the end of the day, it's pity on the children, you because know, I would have spoke to him for, for their sake. But he yeah. still changes not to. But that's his choice. But um, we can laugh about it too at times as well. We can make a joke of it and say, no, if I'm coming down to Bon Cranity, see the wings. I'd say, maybe I'll call on your daddy and have a cup of tea. You know, we'll make jokes, things like that there. You know. <laughs> we'll talk about if, it. If, 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 if throw, if throw me out the door. <laughs> but it's, no, and I, I have no, I, I have no, I have forgiven. Um, my daughter, she was shocked. I forgive him. I says, because you have to move on. And I says, I have no ill feeling with your father. Your father is there. He's, he's at where he's at. He'll never change. If that's where he wants to be, that's fine. But um, you have to you have to give yourself um, you have to forgive yourself too as well. Yeah. To be able to move on, you know, you can't keep carrying what happened. As I say, I can't I can't uh, mend what's happened. I can only mend now what what's in front of me and make the best life now what I can have now with me and the, the children and the grandchildren as well. So. And do you know what, Patricia? Do you know like I know as you said, whenever you think about the kids and what they had they had gone through and all with you're drinking but you weren't doing like there was reasons behind it like it Mm -hmm. wasn't that you were just that you had lived an idyllic amazing wonderful life and you were just doing it because sure why not Uh, there was actual real difficult traumas that you had been through in your life and you just didn't know yeah what else to do at that exactly yeah Exactly. Mm-hmm. True. As I say, I didn't set out to be the person I became, you know what I mean? But I'm just so grateful and blessed that um, I'm past it and I'm here today, healthy and reasonably happy. <laughs> do you forgive yourself? I, oh, I do. I do. Okay, I have no, no guilt, I have no shame. I, sometimes I just I do feel sad for my children but yeah say that they're better off now anyway than no if i had a state but um you just have your wee moments but i don't dwell on it anymore because i know the work i'm doing on myself now and it's it's amazing and 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 they they see the growth in me as well so um that means more to me and hopefully it means same to them and here you see whenever you've been going through that the rtt therapy yeah. Are there like so many light bulb moments that you're going, oh, right, okay, right, that makes sense. That's why that happened. Definitely. Oh, it, it definitely is. I'm saying you get Jerry, it, it gives you that bit of personal development too, but there, you know, there's things going and you could bring back the old memories or other things, but I, 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 I wouldn't because there's no point. But you, you would get them we moments that you, you think about things but um and it, but even doing the rtt and you no know, watching the live marissa's um teaching the the therapy 
It's oh, um, yes, with the blonde hair. Yeah, she. Oh, I love her. We have loads of videos to watch for, and the the amount of people are so much in pain and so hurt. Um, it's unbelievable. There's nobody without pain, I don't think. You know, and yeah. uh, but it's an amazing therapy to, to get you past that as well. You know, it's I, I I'm just blown blown away with it. When I see I the, mesmerized listening to her, you know, when yeah. I put up with videos and you're just like every word you hang up, every word that she says. Yeah, she's amazing, she really is. And she's very down there. So um right, you're doing your, your RTT therapy. Mm-hmm. What what sort of personal development things do, do you like have like a wee like every day like other different people that have chatted to they will have their gratitude lists or their meditation or yoga or mindfulness or they're out at one with nature or they do exercise or whatever do you have like a wee daily thing that you do affirmations (laughs) at times I do and then there's times then I fall away with it um I'm not doing a great at this well this couple of weeks but normally I do a meditation I always do but a Every day I do grounding and a bit of breathing before I get up out of my bed, and that helps me. Yeah. Um, and before I go to my bed at night, I be, be even if I don't write it down, I still say I'm, I'm grateful and I say thank you for my day. Um, I, I just keep it very simple. I won't overload myself with anything. I have my gratitude journal as well. And I do, I do like exercising, but um, that has been put on hold. Because my friend heard her back, and but I just she's not going back, so but I have to get myself back. And I, I are can't. you out in sympathy with her because she heard her back? You're like, okay, I'll not bother. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I know me personally myself, um, because I like to physically look after myself and in every way, um, inside and out. So, um, I will be getting back on track myself because because it doesn't bother me going on the gym or anything myself but I just need to get an army class or something now to occupy me um and I do like walking too I love walking yeah it kind of it clears the head I it's something I kind of dip in and out of I'll maybe go for a walk and then go no but I know I know I should I should do more of it but here you see the last year as I was saying at the beginning how challenging it has been for so many people yeah. And um I know um like mental health and all of that there has just gone like, Yeah. Yeah. Did you find how did you find that or were you in a strong enough place that it didn't even like phase you? Um well at the the start of the, the COVID my my mum took cancer and and that's why I say I'm always so grateful that I always say God got me sober to look after my mommy. Yeah. Um, and so I looked after her right up to September and then I did have a bit of, well, obviously it was grieving, depression. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that sort of dipped up and down. But at the same time, I didn't, if, if I was depressed and I needed to stay in my bed, I wouldn't fight about it. I would just, I would go, I always run with the feelings. Yeah. And, and, if I have to be depressed for a day or two, I just run with it and say, right, that's okay. Uh, if my body's telling me, I always listen to my body anyway. Um, and then, then I can pick myself back up again. But I have to say this last two months, I feel getting back to myself totally, you know, the way I want to be. And I'm more now under me, under me work, me studies and all. I'm really, really 
uh, no leaning in totally with that. And because, as I say, I want to get certified now in September. But um, I just take, even with the COVID, I don't even, I don't even want to hear the word COVID. I just, yeah, get, no. I just get on with the day. We can't change it. No, we, no. no. So you have to work the best you can and what, what it is. I'm, I'm, I, I hate negativity. You know, even if my children talk about negative, I yeah. and sometimes my children, if they're doing my head, in, I'll walk away from them because I won't be around yeah. that kind of talk. And they they know that, and that's just who I am. I just I just can't be around negative people because it would bring me down. Or see, and that's the thing. Like it it is like a and you can feel you know the way like we'll talk about energy and keeping your vibration up and all that there you can feel your freaking your energy just being sucked out of you and yeah. like yourself I'm like no 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 and it's not I know another freaking um thing positive toxic positivity is bandied about that people are it's like a fake positivity yeah um but like you just hit the nail on the head there as well feeling your feelings I'd be the same yeah. if I'm not feeling it I'm not going to kind of bury it and dismiss it. I will. I'll kind of work through it. If I'm having, yeah. if I'm having an off day, right? Okay, I'm gonna, you know, talk about my pity party and lighting my candles, yeah. and then right, okay, let it go. Then and I'll not, if, you know, if it's fucking three, four, five days later that I'm still feeling like that, I'll yeah. go right. Okay, what need I need to look at this? Yeah, but, I totally. I'm exact same. You know, and I feel you know if you if you if you fought it, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to leave yourself a lot worse off anyway. So, and that's why I would say to people if they're feeling like that, run with it. I always say yeah. to my friend if she's feeling low, I just sit with it, relax, and sit with it, and you, you will be okay. Because I think that's the best therapy you can you can do is sit with it and deal with your feelings. And it is all about your feelings anyway. Oh, absolutely. Because I think sometimes if you if you try and bury it and bury it and bury it and bury it, you're fucking just pushing it down and pushing it down and then you will explode oh, like the yeah. proverbial pressure cooker. That's right. Definitely. And then exactly. it's harder to kind of pull it back. Yeah. That is like a time bomb, I call yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So with your, whenever you finish the, the RTT therapy, are yeah. you wanting to like, put that into like addiction or is it just a, a broad spectrum that you just want to in all areas no i'm i, I want to have my niche as addiction and traumas okay. and i actually want to do weight loss because what i have learned so much about weight loss when people put on weight there's so much more to it than just food and i'm that and she done a couple of videos and they were long videos and i was just infatuated with them so um i want to bring that in I probably will sort of do a wee bit of you know, everything if somebody wants, yeah. but my niche will be addictions and trauma and, and weight loss. The whole, I, I want to keep a niche to myself, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and to know the fact that you are speaking from experience. Do you know the way sometimes um, when somebody is talking to you about something, but they have no, they're just like taking it from a book, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. you have, you know, hands on experience of yeah. dealing with addiction, overcoming addiction. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's that kind of, you know, you'd, I would find that I would be more inclined to listen to somebody like yourself because yeah. you're going, right, you know what you're talking about. You've been there. Yeah. 
I was even when I done my my counselling degree, it was about ten or twelve years ago, and I hated studying, and the mind went up the tutor, and I was a nervous wreck. I was full of nerves and whatever because there were scares in there where they they were great at studying and educated and all. And I thought, oh my god, I'm I'm just not here, and the, that's what the counsellor says to me or the tutor. She says, Patricia, they could eat the books, but yeah. did you have the experience? So and. That made made a lot of sense, and that's true too. I think I'd rather go to somebody that's experienced oh, something absolutely. that they're going with, definitely, and they have more empathy. You know, somebody too many people's judgmental with people as well. Nobody knows what's going on behind or even in people's heads. Oh, exactly. They don't and really even, don't. Do you know what? Like, I'm not saying that how I deal with like separation or grief or whatever is the right way but okay. it's the way that I've dealt and you can try that but the fact is that when it's somebody that has actually come through it you do tend to sit up more and, and pay attention to what they're saying rather than say the ones who've swallowed the books and are just going by oh but the, the book says the book, uh, who yeah talk about the book exactly tell you <laughs> Yeah, and and me personally, because somebody was saying that too, uh, and and a group scenario not so long ago about, you know, you can keep buying books and books and read and read, but me personally, I would rather talk, um, yeah. amongst people because I'm a very I, I like talking to people and being around people and they're talking. I love reading the books. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I, I like that conversation with people and people interacting and um. And I think that's where you get the best knowledge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, from other people's experience as well. And even as I would imagine that whenever you were going to like AA meetings and stuff, like somebody maybe would have said something that you're thinking, oh, my God, are they in my head? That's what I've been feeling. That's what yeah. I have been, you know, going through. And it's somebody else like saying, going, OK, so I am. I'm not alone. I'm not on my own with what I'm thinking yeah. and what I'm feeling. Yeah, and even the, in the rooms in AA, when I heard stories, I thought, God, I'm not that bad. That's probably why I relapsed. <laughs> but the, so that's what I'm still... saying. There, there's always somebody worse off than you. And the, oh, yeah. the stories, horrific stories. God loves the people. God bless them. But I, I do thank God that I didn't go around, go down a, a bad, bad, it was bad enough for me. But uh, thank God I didn't go any worse than it did go because a lot of stories are were horrific you know but yeah, they always yeah. they always say don't compare identify oh i love that yeah yeah um yeah. and i suppose you know going back to you saying like somebody must have been looking down on you um obviously you had just so much more that you had to do with your life and yeah. you had to and had to and have to help so many more people that um yeah, no, you uh, you needed to take a different path, which you are yeah. doing. I, I always, and I've, I've always sensed, that's what I was saying to Gary on the, the mastermind group, I always sensed that I had a purpose and it was sitting in my stomach and I didn't know what to do with it. I had that sense for years that I was on this world for a purpose, never knew what the hell to do with it. But now I do know, so it's amazing. And then, And as somebody says to me, I have a gift, and if I don't share that gift, I'm very selfish. So I'll I'll be sharing the gifts. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And like I said, so many people who, um, 
you know, as I said at the start, like who are listening to this and are like, are maybe going through an addiction and yeah. to know, right, okay, Patricia has, she's done it. So I, mm-hmm. can, I can do it. What, yeah. what are the, can you, can you tell if somebody has a drink problem? Or are people just really, really good at hiding it? Can you see the kind of signs? Well, well, a lot of people will go to different, uh, different off licenses. Um, I, I would be a good judgment, mm-hmm. um, at, but then I always, when if I talk about somebody, I think, oh, they have a drink problem. Then I, I always say, well, who am I to talk? You know, but mm-hmm. um, you you do see the signs. You no, know, I have been out with people before, and I and just noticed um, a girl was out with years ago, and she was just when her drink was finished and the bar was near closed, she was drinking other people's drink. You know, and you just could see it, and she couldn't get enough of it on her. Okay. But um, you you do see the signs, but then people then would turn around and say, "But sure, that's the way they are," and. Because that because people think that they too can function that they don't have a problem, but you have you have to you have to have enough yourself, and the first thing to do is accept it, yeah, and surrender so the honesty and admit that yeah, yeah. I hold my hands oh. up, I have a problem, I need help, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's the only way you no know, people can. That's what I'm saying. My wings have been tortured, and we'll get help, and but and. Deep down, I did want it. Mm-hmm. I did want it, and I hated myself because I said to my daughter, "Do you think I want to be like this?" Um, but I just didn't know what to do. But um, it just took a bit longer than I expected. But as I say, it, it's happened now, and and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for it. Oh, it's it's amazing, absolutely amazing. Would you still go to AA, or is that something that's done and dusted now? No, I haven't. I haven't went. I haven't been back to AA in a long time. But there's still, I'm still be in touch with a few AA members. But one thing I did learn from um, there's a boy Gabber Matty. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's uh, well known about the addictions and the way he has. And I just love. I've been recently researching his work and I've bought his books and I've read one of them. Mm-hmm. But he he maintains. When people have injection, it, it does say what happened in childhood, um, mm-hmm. what happened to you. But he maintains why people relapse is because they haven't looked at themselves and dealt with themselves or even dealt with the root cause. That's why they relapse. And he maintains saying, no, because AA, I'm not knocking AA. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Me. And they go, once an alcoholic, all an alcoholic. And I've changed my whole perception of that because I don't think just because once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. Because me personally, I am working and still continue to work on myself and mm-hmm. I don't have the I don't have the desire for drink. But I wouldn't class myself as an alcoholic today. I I I would say I have my problem with my drink, it's over. Yeah. Um. I know they say you can lift it again. Yes, but I really believe that you have to work on the root cause and work on what what happened to you. Yeah. You and really have. You know, that's you know my what? perception of it. It's like just permanently attaching a label to somebody. It is. Yeah. Which is unnecessary. Like she said, you're doing the work. You have overcome the problem. Three years later, you're still obviously it's 
you know, a work in progress and you're still have to continue working. And do you know what? As you know, with personal development and doing any of that kind of work, it's not something that you can stop. It's from yeah now until right. the end of time that you have to continuously do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing that people, you know, they look at themselves. I think it's the hardest thing you to do. But when, you know, people say you can't go back. I could, I could never go back to what I was because I'm not that person anymore. No, no, no. My, my life is moving on and, and that's why I look at my life and moving forward on a daily basis. But, and, and I, I, I wouldn't go back because that, that's, that's gone, it's past. But, um, and the life you're experiencing now is one that you're going, I ain't letting this one go. I'm that's right. Much, yeah. yeah. That's right. Exactly. Totally. You know, why, why would I want to give up this lifestyle now for a bottle? And, and it's sad to say that's what it is. A bottle takes over your life. Yeah. Or, or any other addiction, whatever it may be. So, Patricia, what is next for you, my dear? My next move is I'm um, on a biz- business program with Enterprise Ulster, trying to, before I open my business, getting um, more knowledge. Okay. And um, I want to get out and open my own business. And I'm actually doing an NLP course as well. It's it. something similar to the hypnosis as well. But yeah. um, I want more education as well. So I'm doing that as well. And I want to I want to be a public speaker. I've always said that. Um, I want to, and I would love to get out to schools, especially mm-hmm. now in the generation and the way I always have to talk, just speak about my own town, Derry. Yeah. So trouble with drink and drugs and just like to get out and know young people um, and spread the word to say, you know, that because they are the next generation coming yeah. up and it's going to get worse if people don't go out now and help um, the younger generation coming up. And it, it's just so sad to see the young ones around the streets and everything else. Um, and I can only see it getting worse from my own perspective and being around. Um, it's not getting any better. No, it's not. And as you say, whenever you have people like you out there sharing, yeah. giving advice and sharing your experiences and sharing the pitfalls and what, you know, yeah. what it's caused you to to lose over the years, um, yeah. you know, the need to... Avoid, avoid, yeah. I've always said I didn't have a voice because my my voice was taken from me in an early age, and mm-hmm. now I now I have my voice, and I intend to use it very very often. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> and shout it from the rooftops. Yes, yeah, definitely brilliant. brilliant. Patricia, thank you so so much. I thank you so much, Amanda. You and, a pleasure. Uh, I wish you all the best. Continued success with your RTT therapy, with your NLP. I have no doubt you'll be doing public speaking. And yeah. um yeah, you keep you keep shouting. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. I appreciate Thank you. you me on. Thank you very much. All the best. Bye bye. Bye. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. And remember, if talking about it has got you thinking about it and you would like to share your story, get in touch. Until next time, take care.